Welcome to the Burn Bag. I am thrilled to be joined by the Secretary of the Army, Christine Wormuth. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Glad to be here. So you had a wonderful panel this morning, a very interesting one, where you talked about the war in Ukraine and the U.S. support for it. Um, I'm curious about what lessons the U.S. Army can take away from Russia's war against Ukraine, what opportunities that the U.S. can draw about preparedness, posture, capabilities, and maybe any critical gaps therein? Well, I think there are a number of lessons that we can uh, draw from watching what the Ukrainians have experienced with the Russians. You know, <clears throat> one is obviously the importance of uh, drone threats. You know, I think drone threats are, are with us now and are here to stay. So we as an army have been investing in counter UAS capabilities and we'll continue to do that. And I think we're looking at, um, you know, how can we have uh, basically, you know, armor against aerial threats. Uh, how do we, you know, we've been investing in um, things like high-powered microwave and directed energy, basically, you know, lasers for our uh, air defense systems, again, to get after the drone threat. Uh, I think another thing that's a lesson coming out of Ukraine is um, the importance of secure communications. You know, the Russians have not been very disciplined, their soldiers, um, and have been communicating over open channels, and that makes them targetable. So that's certainly something I think we have to take to heart. Another lesson, I think, is how important it is to be able to sort of, you know, shoot and scoot and to be able to move our command posts. And so, you know, the, the large, very uh, static command posts that we've had during the global war on terror, that's not going to work in the future. We're going to have to be able to set up our command posts quickly, take them down quickly and move. So uh, and then I think the last um, I mean, there are many lessons I could do a whole podcast on that. But um, I think an important one is the, the importance of our non-commissioned officers and the role that they play. You know, the Russians do not have an NCO Corps, and I think a lot of their poor performance on the battlefield is related to that. I couldn't agree more. And so with the uh, kind of effectiveness of U.S. support, I mean, we've certainly seen that it's been incredibly effective. Um, the U.S. Army and the broader military have worked with industry to push out all these contracts as quickly as possible. How effective do you think the, this contract has occurred kind of during the war in Ukraine and what else needs to be done between the U.S. Army and the private sector in, or, in order to account for more armaments and other type of weaponry that can support Ukraine? How do we bridge this gap? Well, I think an important um, thing that we need to work on with Congress is seeing if we can get multi-year procurement authority, you know, which basically allows companies to have some stability and pred predictability. Part of the reason that's really important is not so much for the for the big defense primes who have large and in many cases diversified businesses, but their subcontractors, you know, their second and third order companies are often small businesses, mom and pop companies who who can't adjust to the shocks the same way a large company can. So multi-year procurement gives those smaller companies some predictability. So I think that's something we have to work on. Um, I think, you know, again, working with industry to, to try to identify um, choke points when it comes to particular components, you know, long lead items that maybe we should be investing in, even if there's not an immediate need, but we know that there's something that, you know, take a while to produce. And if we're in a crisis, we don't have that time. Those are some things I think that we could be um, looking at hard in terms of where we're going from here. So with this war in Ukraine, of course, there is significant bipartisan support for supporting Ukraine. But of course, there are members of Congress that don't support. And so what you, of course, talk to members of Congress all the time. And so what is kind of the temperature looking into the next congressional session? Are you confident that Congress will continue to support the administration in supporting Ukraine? I'm quite confident that Congress is going to support continued uh, support to Ukraine. 
Uh, as Senator Ernst said on my panel, you know, there's sort of a, a vocal minority, I think, that have concerns about the degree of support that the United States is giving financially to Ukraine. Um, but I think some of that is, you know, we as long as we're demonstrating that we are uh, working with the Ukrainians to have oversight and accountability over all of the equipment we're giving them. Um, I hope that will allay some of the concerns. Uh, and we do have a, you know, a small number of um, folks in Kyiv, military personnel, who are there precisely to have oversight over where the equipment is going. So there may be some voices here and there that say, why are we doing this? But I think the majority of members of Congress understand the importance of what we're doing. So in the remaining time we have here, I want to talk about recruitment, something that the Army you know, sees as very important and is crucial to our national security. Now the Army seems to have a recruitment problem, particularly with Generation Z, which is, it may seem like it's my generation, I'm technically a millennial, um, but with Generation Z, how can the Army address these shortcomings and what can be done to improve Army's image among younger Americans? I think, you know, the research that we have shows us, among other things, that Generation Z really is looking for a sense of purpose. You know, they want what they do to matter and they want a sense of community. And, you know, I... Um, can't think of a better place than the army to have both a sense of community and a sense of purpose. You know, you are literally defending the nation. So I think we have to reintroduce ourselves to young Americans uh, and their parents, frankly, who in a lot of cases have influence over whether their kids are going to sign up. I think the army has got to invest more money in our marketing. Uh, you know, we are um, going to be doing a major sort of brand refresh launch in March. Uh, we also have have um, advertising out right now. One is called Know Your Army that tries to show people the benefits that we provide, you know, tuition, help with mortgages, 30 days of paid vacation. But then there's also a campaign we have called Passions, which tries to, um, again, explain that the Army isn't just about infantrymen or tankers or helicopter pilots. We have data scientists, we have doctors and nurses, we have lawyers, we have chefs. Um, you know, there's a reason back when I was much younger that uh, the Army's campaign was be all you can be. And I think the Army, with all of the different career fields we offer, really is a place where Generation Z can be all they can be. And so just one final question for you today. When you think about recruitment, is, is the problem such that there are substandard physical abilities or maybe disinterests? What is kind of the silver lining here? How can we attract more talent? What sort of programming can be put into place to make sure that even, you know, children as young as high school can get interested and see the benefits of serving? Well, one thing we're doing is the Future Soldier Prep Course, which is kind of investing in kids who don't quite score high enough on the aptitude test or, or who aren't quite where we need them to be on physical fitness mm -hmm. to get them up to our standards. And that program is working really well. Um, but I think, you know, we, we do need to find more ways to reach out to younger kids. One way we do that is through the junior ROTC programs that we have in high schools. And our data shows that, you know, even for kids who aren't necessarily in the junior ROTC program, just seeing that, you know, seeing the cadets in uniforms kind of uh, plants that seed that maybe the military is a possibility that they want to look into. Well, Secretary Warmuth, thank you so much for taking the time today. We really appreciate it. My pleasure.